Yo, 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 what's up, people? Welcome to the inaugural episode of The Fastest 40. That's right, episode one. Uh, we're going to be talking Chiefs. We're going to be talking football. We're going to be talking all kinds of shit important to your daily listening pleasure. So uh, this, my name's Dan. I got my man Trey over here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is December 10th, 2020. Like Dan says, the first show, we're juiced up. We want you guys to be a part of this fun fun journey we got going on right. here. Let's uh, let's have some fun today, Dan. All right, let's get hyped. 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, um, I'm going to start with number five. I've got the Buffalo Bills, those guys up north. They've been looking pretty sharp uh, the last few weeks. Got got a deciding win over the, the San Francisco 49ers this past weekend. You know, they're, they're saying the Jimmy Garoppolo over there in San Fran. They're playing in Arizona. They don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> but uh, Buffalo got the job done as expected. I've got Pittsburgh Steelers sitting at number four, a little fall from grace. I'll talk about them here in a minute as well. Uh, we got the Packers at number three. Really, I think, you know, these next two teams, I've got the Saints at number two. Really, I think it's more of a 2A, 2B situation with these guys. I agree. Uh, they're the, both the top teams clear-cut in the NFC. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to be the Chiefs' biggest competition once the Super Bowl rolls I around. Agreed, I agree. And I got to put my uh, my hometown boys, the Kansas City Chiefs, number one in the power rankings for obvious reasons, but we'll dive into that a little bit later. You know, hometown team got to rep them, but also there's numbers to back it. So Absolutely. I got the same top five, different order. My uh, five seed, I got the Steelers. I've been waiting to drop these guys out of the top two <laughs> for uh, – 13 weeks now you and me both so I then fucking hate them yeah oh yeah <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about them here in a minute um then i got the bills at four um I, they continue to play good football um i don't think they i don't think the top three changes i think the 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 saints are my my third seed here okay um i got the packers being a little bit better football team than what uh, the saints got going on even when drew Brees is back i think my lineup stays like it is really Aaron Rodgers is the guy. He's playing some seriously good football this year. Uh, we're going to talk a little MVP stuff a little bit later. Well, my uh, I was thinking, you know, with Breeze coming back, maybe that would bump him ahead, and that's why you had him number three. I don't think so, man. You're not I, a believer? I, I think the Packers are a better football team than the Saints are. Okay, I've the Packers' defense is a question mark to me, but I think their offense is definitely high powered. Absolutely. So I can see where you're coming from with that, but the Saints' defense has been. Uh, phenomenal and and honestly you know with Drew Brees being out Taysom Hill uh, Taysom Hill has been you know serviceable but that defense has really been what's what's carried them through that uh, this 3-0 stretch they've been having I will say what makes a team impressive is when you have a Drew Brees or Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes or somebody go down like, like that and that team continues to chug along towards their goal right so 
I think that's impressive. Still got Packers at the two. And then just like you, I got the Chiefs at number one. Okay. Okay. Let's roll into the bottom five. I'll give you mine first. I'm going to first put an honorable mention. These guys are just outside my bottom five. The Denver Donkeys and the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys, probably worst fan base of all time. Sorry if you're a Cowboys fan. I meant to offend you. As far as the Donkeys go, they are second worst. Patriots being the third worst fan base, if we're going to throw that ranking Then the out. Raiders. And yep. the Raiders. Then the Raiders are four, 100%. But my bottom five is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers. These guys have been in every single game, but they just can't seem to pull it out. I know they've had a couple of key injuries. You know, Derwin James missing a full season for the second year in a row. Um, Big damper on the Chargers day. Austin Eckler out for a long extended period of time. But he's back, and they're still not getting it done. Uh, they got yeah. shut out by the New England Patriots, and that's really why they found themselves in my bottom five. Yeah, that was embarrassing. That was so embarrassing. That was and, bad. And for for a rookie quarterback, you know, you would expect Bill Belichick to dismantle his confidence. Agreed. But he did not look sharp out there whatsoever. No, he didn't. Uh, a couple picks from him didn't eclipse two or barely eclipse two hundred yards. Uh, not a good showing for for the rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, still I think we'll talk about his award race later, but I still Absolutely. think he's the lock for offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, um, we might disagree on that now. Okay, let's let's <laughs> let's get there. Let's get there. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles following them up. Obviously, NFC East is trash. Uh, you know, they are in the bot the bottom barrel of the NFL teams, but Washington and New York are both in contention. And as I mentioned, Dallas is an honorable mention for me. The Jaguars. Down at the bottom, Bengals without Joe Burrow, I think falls right below them because James Robinson in that running game in Jacksonville, uh, you know, they keep them in in contention for all of their games. I agree, and they play close football games. They lose, they lose close football games, and I, I think the Bengals. I think if they got Mr. Burrow's back. Different story. It's a different story. I still think you know they're close to the bottom, but they need to put more talent around Joe Burrow they before to. they can. They have to. Before they can really, uh, you know, be counted as a contender. And then obviously, bottom of the barrel, the Jets. They just fired the hometown hero, Greg Williams. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck did you put in a cover zero? I cannot <laughs> believe that. Like. I've seen memes all week about, like, all Greg had to do to save his job was ask Madden, and he would have said prevent defense, and it's like a fucking, <laughs> you know, should have had a V8 moment. Right. Like, Greg, V8 what, moment. Double G, what are you doing, my I guy? I know, man. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it, but then I, I I went back and watched the footage later. I was like, man, come on, really? As a come Kansas on, City, you know, on, native, Greg. he should have been thinking, I need to whoop the Raiders' ass. Yeah. That would have locked our division in last <laughs> yep, week, that absolutely. freaking... Are you joking me? Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> Who do you got Although for your I'm bottom five? About that. Yeah. Who do you got for your bottom five, man? Bottom five, I got the Cowboys um, at the 28 seed. I think they're worse than the Chargers. I think the Chargers got simply out coached last week. I think they couldn't That's rebound point. from the first quarter. You get out coached by Bill Belichick in the first quarter. He's a goat. That's a game changer. Maybe if you're Andy Reid, you come back from that first half. You know, you get out coached first half, you come back from that, Andy Reid. With Pat Mahomes, that's a different story, right? right. Um, it's that's not the same scenario in LA right now. That's okay, but I got the Cowboys um, as a as the uh, as a twenty eight seed here. Although they did look much better last week than they have this whole season. Ezekiel yeah. Elliott got the uh, went up to seventeen carries last week. He looked a lot better. I think he had seventy seven yards, much better than what he did the, the week before. Um, after that. 
I got the same lineup as you. I got the Eagles, Jags, Bengals, and then the Jets as the last seed. Um, <clears throat> Eagles are bad, bad, bad. Yep. Jags would probably be second to last year if uh, they didn't lose these close games. You know, they keep, or I should say this differently, they lose these games closely. Um, right. They're not just getting blown out week out, week in, week out. They're losing games close, and I, I, I think that goes to the, uh, I don't want to say the front office, but their leadership of the team, right? Yeah. They're not just losing, they're not going into halftime, losing by 10 points, and then end up losing by 31 or something. They're losing close games. Well, at the end of the day, you got to look at who the Jaguars coach is. Doug Marone has not proven to be a good leader. Uh, he, Their team, you know, when they fall behind, they're pretty much out. Um, and he's had pretty much their front office needs an entire shakeup, and he's going to be one of those casualties, coaching casualties at the end of the year. Um, and I think, you know, with, with Jacksonville, you know, they have, the, they have some good talent. They really just shouldn't have sold off all their shit. Yeah. They sold Calais Campbell. They got rid of Jalen Ramsey, although, you know, Ramsey was disgruntled. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of key pieces to this team. Three years ago, this was an AFC championship team. Right. They were there right. in New England for the rights to go to the Super Bowl right. and play the Eagles. So, you know, it's really sad to see the descent of the Jaguars over the last three years. Right. Fraudulent list. This is a list that Dan and I put together of people who may have a good record or a shitty record, but they are not as good as their record says they are. Right. These guys are straight up phonies. So, Fucking phonies. Dan, your fraudulent <laughs> list. Who you got on that list? My number one has been a fraud in my mind for most of the year, um, strictly because of their cupcake schedule that they've had. And I called this last week, so, you know, just a quick disclaimer. Trey and I, we've recorded a few sample episodes, put together content so that we, we you know, we're getting into practice of things. And, you know, if I have to prove it to play a clip from last week's episode, I will. I called these motherfuckers losing that Washington football game. <laughs> Same here, brother. The Washington football team won that football game. And that was huge. Alex Smith, obviously, you know, near and dear to KC Hart's. Uh, seeing him go into Pittsburgh and really just dominate uh, and and show just what you can do when you put your mind to something, it was pretty incredible. And I think, you know, that defense that Washington has is, it was a huge backing. And the, the faltering offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's been looking old yeah, the last I, few I weeks. Yeah. They look sluggish, they look tired, and they look like maybe the pressure has been getting to them of the undefeated season. Minus Juju Smith-Schuster, TikTok dancing all over people's logos. Uh, you know, they just didn't seem, they haven't seemed right for the last few weeks. So seeing them lose this game just kind of like cemented my idea that they're strictly benefiting off of an easy schedule. And I'm going to put out a hot take right now. Mm. The Steelers are losing three out of the next four games. Whoa, minus shit. Minus the Bengals Hot game. take. Yeah, real hot, spicy take. They're only going to win against the Bengals to finish out the season. Who they got left? They've got Cleveland. They've got Indianapolis. And they've got the Bills. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah, And the Bengals. So, you know, one and three is not out of the question no it's not not out of the question now think about this week 17 they play the browns 
Let's say the Browns don't lose a game and the Steelers follow through with the prediction that I've set for them. For the but division. For the division week I like 17. It. Both teams, uh, they'll both be 12 and 3. They lose the division and become a wild card team after starting 11 and 0. Oh, wow. What yeah. do you think about that? I would like to see that. What do you think about that? I would like to see that. Because that puts our boys with the first round bye. That puts us with the first round bye and an AFC championship at Arrowhead. That's right. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to go fully masked, of course, but I'll be there. <laughs> I might be unmasked. <laughs> Only but I'll be I'm there. Drinking my beer. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's a big-ass fraud to me. Uh, the Raiders, I'm going to put them up there. They they were one Greg Williams cover zero away from losing the fucking winless Jets. Uh, so they're big old frauds. And then the Dolphins, they... <laughs> have been keeping games close with shit teams all year. Really, it's their defense that's been a standout for them. Uh, trusting Tua with the offense so early, I think, has proven to be a mistake. Uh, even though they are 8-4, and four, they're exceeding expectations, I just don't see down the stretch them continuing that success. I think at most they're a 7 seed in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, at best they finish, or at worst they finish 8-8. Eight and eight, So... Agreed. That's my guess. Yeah, I hear you. I got the same list. Um, I, I was trying to pick through these teams and try to find somebody different. But, you know, as we've continued to make this list um, mm -hmm. the last two or three weeks, we got the same list. And, and it's obvious. I mean, it's these teams stick out when you watch football right. on Sundays, right? You're like, how the hell is this team 8-4 and four right now? <laughs> how are, are they 9-3 and three? or whatever they may be? You know, how are these teams doing? How, how are they doing this? Right. And are they going to continue? I don't know. But teams like this get exposed in January. We've all seen it. Um, it's nothing for anybody to worry about as far as the playoffs, right? So once we once they come to Arrowhead and have to play the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes in the playoffs, who's only lost one football game in the playoffs, there's nothing for us to worry about, right? Right. Pat's 4-1, and one, like you said, uh, throughout his two playoff runs. I think, uh, you know, that experience that the Chiefs team – is going to be bringing into that playoffs really uh, gives them an edge. And these fraudulent teams, they're going to show why they're fraudulent if they do make the playoffs. We try to pick playoff teams to expose in this list. So when week one wild card round of the playoffs rolls around, you see them leave and go on go to Hawaii early. You right, know, you're you're going right. to know why. It's because fucking Dan and Trey told you so. <laughs> <laughs> now... Teams that are in danger of being on this list, I mean, I got to highlight one, and it's a glaring, glaring issue uh, from Week 13, uh, the Seahawks. What the fuck? They lost yeah. to the Giants. The Giants, don't get me wrong, have had a fantastic defense, but at halftime, that game was 5 to nothing. No offensive touchdown scored by the Seahawks. That is uncharacteristic of a Russell Wilson-led Seahawks offense Absolutely. so far this year. And um, a safety, honestly, is surprising to come from one of the shittiest defenses in the league. But, you know, what the hell's going on in Seattle? They've been dropping some gimmies throughout the year, the biggest being this Giants game. And mind you, Daniel Jones wasn't even playing. Fucking the old Texan Colt McCoy was Colt in there. Colt McCoy. The Longhorn himself <laughs> was playing and captaining oh, the fucking Matthew Giants. Oh, Matthew McConaughey himself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just, God damn it, Russell, fucking cook, man. Get your apron on and start cooking, or else you're going to find yourself going to Hawaii with Sierra early. 
I hear you. I I agree with that. Um, the Seahawks have lost or haven't lost the last five or six, but they've looked shitty the last five or six weeks. Um, really, ever since they lost that first game of the year, they were one of the last undefeated teams. Mm-hmm. After that, they kind of the defense went to shambles. They were kind of holding it holding it together, kind of a bend don't break um, kind of defense, and now it's a let's just break and shatter all over the place. <laughs> Um, I also have the Colts. I'm flirting with them a little bit. If they decide to lose this weekend to the Raiders, they're on this list for sure. Next, They week. are on the road. Does they're that still not matter? Li- no, they're still on the <laughs> list. They should beat the Raiders. Um, I Raiders, think the Raiders should lose every game, personally. I do, too. They should just <laughs> automatically go 0-16 every year, call it a day. We'll all be happy as Kansas City Chiefs fans. We'll move on. By the way, listeners out there, we're not going to hide our bias. We're fucking Chiefs fans. We're going to give you the facts. We're going to tell you how it is. But when it comes to what we hope for, it's the fucking Chiefs do or die. Yeah, and it's always fuck the Raiders, fuck the Falcons. Go Chiefs. That's right, go Chiefs. So <clears throat> some upcoming matchups. I want to first talk about <clears throat> the the fastest 40 game of the week. Now, we say game of the week, singular, but really we're going to talk about a few games that you really need to keep your eyes on. Uh, the first being, obviously, Kansas City at Miami. These are two playoff teams, all right? So, you know, I just mentioned how big of a homer we are when it comes to the Chiefs, but this is this is playoff matchup, potential playoff football. If the Dolphins end up being the seventh seed and the Steelers don't follow my plan for them at the end of the season, this could be a matchup that we see again in January. So, you know, you want to pay attention to these kind of things. Brian Flores is a great coach. I think he's taking the Dolphins places that, uh, you know, they've needed to go for a long time. They've been missing out on that since the, you know, strong defensive days of the early 2000s with Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor and those guys. Jason Taylor. Yeah, right? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. Um, But I think this this direction is really good for Miami. Their defense is stout. Xavier Howard has been one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Eight interceptions leading the league in that category. Uh, You know, when it comes to that side of the ball, they're in good shape. Now, where I think they're going to have some trouble is keeping up with my boy Patrick Mahomes, the MVP frontrunner. I, I hear you there. I, I think we got two more games I want to talk about. That these are going to be games you want to have on your TV screen when you're sitting out of your shop, bullshitting, doing something you're telling your wife you're actually not doing. <laughs> Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Those honeydews. They always get in the way <laughs> of football. Sunday. That's right. So uh, Pittsburgh at Buffalo. This is an obvious game you're going to want to watch. Dan and I have both of these teams in the top five. This is going to be a game you want to watch. This could uh, mean a lot as far as seeding in the top three or four in the AFC race going into the playoff season. And then I got Baltimore at Cleveland. Uh, Baltimore looked fairly good last week, and they looked pretty good two weeks ago, um, or I guess only like 10 days ago, against uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, they missed. They were missing probably half of their offense and still only lost by less than a touchdown. And they're going up to uh, play Baker and Cleveland. So uh, we're going to see what this team's made of. And obviously Baker has proved himself, or not maybe not himself, but proved himself to be um, a leader for that offense, um, leading that Cleveland Browns offense and that whole team into a, a pretty successful season as we've seen so far. Yeah, Baker, he got kind of that prove-it win last weekend against the, the Titans. You know, they pretty much had that game sewn up minus – 
uh, some late antics from the Titans, a Baker Mayfield fumble, actually, that resulted in, in it being a one-possession loss. But, you know, the, the in-score doesn't always tell the tale of a game. Absolutely, right? yep. So, uh, you know, very decisive win over Tennessee. Their run defense, not great. It's going to be a huge challenge, not just for Baker and that Cleveland offense to match up against one of the top defenses in the NFL in Baltimore, but, you know, for Baltimore to try and stop two former All-Pro running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that's going to be a huge challenge for them, uh, you know, considering <clears throat> how they've had some injuries and some COVID issues, in particular on the interior line, uh, where, where those running lanes are going to open up, I think. Agreed, yeah, and that's a hell of a duo to try to stop, man. Yeah. Uh, and Kareem, you know, he's a, a supreme pass catcher as well. Right. So those linebackers are going to have to be on their toes. Absolutely. Upset alert of the week. We got a couple games here. What are you thinking? I think the biggest upset to, to be looking out for is going to be a hungry Minnesota Vikings team going to Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay dropped one earlier at home to Chicago, and Chicago obviously is ass yes so uh i would look for them to really struggle ever since vita vea uh was out has been ruled out for the season with his injury uh they've been having uh you know their front seven still pretty stout they got indomitian sue they got some tough linebackers but i would look for dalvin cook to have a pretty big game against this tampa bay uh tampa bay defense and i would also expect justin jefferson and adam thielen to put up some good numbers uh, the Chiefs just pretty much picked them apart last time the, the Buccaneers played in Week 12 before their bye. And, um, you know, I would look for the Vikings to pick on some, up on some of those things that the Chiefs exposed in their defense. And the Vikings are in pretty much do-or-die territory. They're hanging on to that seven seed. They're tied with the Cardinals. The Cardinals have a, you know, one of those matchups, and, and they're actually on this upset alert as well. But if the Cardinals win, Minnesota loses – that's going to put them in a, even a much tougher space being one game back with, you know, three games to go. Absolutely, and I think that's why that makes Minnesota dangerous this week is because we're so close to January. This team is so close to making the playoffs. They're in the playoffs now, but they're so close to getting bounced. you got to make plays now. you got to win football games now if you want to do the deal. They looked awful beginning of the season. They looked halfway decent now. They're trying to make something happen. If you want to make a run in the playoffs, you want to get to the playoffs, you want to make a name for your team, you win against Tom Brady. Go win against Tom Brady. They lock that in against Tom Brady, and they're, uh, you know, they go, they're seven and six. They can win out with those last three games. Um, they still have Green Bay on the slate, I believe, but <clears throat> they're in, they're in a much better position because Arizona going to New York is actually one of those upset games that we're, you know, we're looking at here. Arizona the last few weeks, they were, you know, four weeks ago, six and two, six and or maybe three weeks ago, six and three. They right, were right, in right. playoff contention. Yeah, absolutely. They Leading were the division. Game, they were a game back from the division lead. Game and back, and okay. even, you know, tied for division lead. Yeah. Maybe it was a half game back, but they I mean, were in contention. And now they've dropped the last three. And it's not looking good there in Arizona. They need to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. They are not running that offense through him through the passing attack. Um, and it's really it's really hampering their ability to, oh, there we go. Cam Akers just busted off a long run. We got the Patriots and Rams game on currently. Uh, Akers, fat run, taking him inside the red zone. Um, Bill oh, Belichick loves that, he, doesn't he? He loves that shit. So... <laughs> So really, you got to look out for the uh, 
you got to look out for the the Giants to to get that win. They're hungry too. It's the same situation as Minnesota. They're hungry. They're holding on to their division lead uh, through a tiebreaker. Washington's on their heels somehow, Somehow. some way. So watch out for that. What do you think, Trey? I think the same thing. I think Arizona has declined drastically over the last three or four weeks. Kyler Murray's been banged up three weeks ago, and then he has obviously not played the same football that he was started out. He was my dark horse MVP. Kyler's your boy. He's my guy, man. I'm an OU (laughs) guy. That's my guy. <laughs> Giants uh, obviously beat Seattle last week and looked pretty damn good. That defense looks pretty stout. I mean, last week it did at least. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the same style quarterback they're going to play this week as they played last week as Russell Wilson to Kyler Murray. Um, I see. I can see another close game as Arizona can't figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah, and that's a good point. I didn't really bring up when I was talking about that game, but that – front seven pressure that they're generating Leonard Williams having a really good season this year as a giant and look out for James Bradbury he's going to probably be shadowing DeAndre Hopkins and he's a top three corner this year if you're looking at PFF's grade so just watch out for that absolutely let's jump into what the playoff picture looks like a couple bullet points here uh, what could happen what could not happen who's in who's out let's run through it awesome so you know there's a couple teams already been eliminated. Uh, the Jets, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Jags, bottom five, go fucking figure. Those guys are out. They're officially out. Um, some other teams that can be eliminated this week include the Falcons, the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Texans. They lose, and they're officially out. Poor Deshaun Watson uh, losing that close one to Indy last week. I was really pulling for him. He got a little emotional on the sideline. T.Y. Hilton came and comforted him, but... Uh, you know, <laughs> a little pat on the back's not going to fix four and eight. Nope, sure won't. I hate the Texans, so I'm I'm, I'm all right with them being. <laughs> I had no idea. I was pretty. <laughs> I, I was personally pretty high. When we come back and score fifty, whenever we're down twenty four, I can't really hate a team. I can just feel bad for them. Yeah, it's like a little puppy that gets dropped off on the side of the road, right? Right. It's like, oh, <laughs> poor guy. You know, you want to stop, but. Right. You want dogs in your car. <laughs> so Chiefs and Saints are clinched. They're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. They're going. They're in the playoffs. Uh, Chiefs can clinch the division with a win this week. The Saints can also clinch their division with a win and a Tampa Bay Buccaneers loss. The Steelers can clinch a playoff spot with a win and a Colts and Dolphins loss. The Bills can clinch their playoff ticket and the division with a win and a Patriots loss. They just get their playoff spot if both teams win. And the Packers can clinch their division. They've already clinched as well their playoff spot, but they can clinch their division with a win and a Vikings loss this week. Uh, so those are just some scenarios that you want to keep an eye out for uh, this week when when looking at that playoff picture and planning some of the games you want to watch in January. Absolutely. So some uh, some storylines here. Let's kick off with some Steve, uh, Chief stuff here. Obviously, like Dan's already said, this is our team. We're going to talk about them. We love them. Uh, we're going to assume that our crowd or our audience that listen to us uh, week in and week out, you know, these guys are guys and gals, I guess I should say, are going to be Chiefs fans, right? We want to give you guys the good stuff and what's going on lately. Yeah, and if you're not a Chiefs fan, you know, just uh, fuck you. So um, Patrick Mahomes and Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, big, big accomplishment for these guys off the field. I want to start with some off the field stuff. Um, because 
it's bigger than a game, right? Absolutely. So, you know, Sports Person of the Year, Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year, they awarded this award to five athletes, two of them being Chiefs players. Huge honor um, and something the Kansas City community should be proud of. Patrick Mahomes being being honored with this award. He does a lot of fantastic things off the field with his 15 in the Mahomes Foundation. But also, he was a huge driving factor in getting the Chiefs team to register to vote. Him and Tyron Matthew kind of spearheaded that, that push. But also, Arrowhead was a polling place here in Missouri, and Patrick Mahomes was f- able to fork over some of the cash to really get the necessary equipment there to make that happen. So that was a huge, huge thing. You know, obviously exercising your civic duty is important. And uh, during a big election year like this year was, uh, fantastic for him to get involved with that. Now, LDT is also a doctor. He is known as the doctor. Um, but the doc. The doc. He he was actually one of the early players in the NFL. Might have even been the first one to opt out of the NFL season. And he did that so that he can help combat this unpredictable virus that we found ourselves uh, fighting uh, together. So, you know, huge, huge kudos to him to go back to his home country of Canada and help combat that virus and help people that need, uh, you know, someone to care for them like ha- like he can. So it's pretty fantastic that he was able to put his passion and his job aside, and the Chiefs have been fully supportive of that. It's been amazing. Absolutely. I think when you look at the sports person of the year, you look at this person like, hey, this is somebody that I want to be around. Mm -hmm. This is somebody I want to watch, somebody I want to be like. I want to read the books they read. I want to do what they do, you know, that sort of thing. And to have two people from the Chiefs that are sports person of the year on that team, I think that's special. That's huge. That is the kind of cornerstone people that you want on your team as leaders leading your young kids coming out of college and trying to learn how to even be adults and and learn how to live on their own and and the small stuff like that, you know? Absolutely. Outside of football and and then even going into football, you know, these guys are still leaders on the field. You can see that when they're both playing football. Obviously, Mahomes with LDT, um, he leads that line. um, Just as, you know, these guys you know, lead the way. And, and that's the kind of guys you want on your football team, let alone um, as a sports person of the year, not just the NFL, of sports person of the year. We're talking across every, all sports. All sports. Yeah. yeah. This every, is incredible. Every sport. I mean, these are guys you want in your community 100%. Um, you know, and also just on that same token, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award is one of the most prestigious awards in the NFL. There's one nominee for each team, and this year's nominee for the Kansas City Chiefs is Travis Kelsey, our tight end. Um, he's been doing some fantastic things with his foundation, and I think it's a huge uh, compliment for him to be nominated considering all of the great citizens that we have on our team. Uh, you know, Tyron Matthew easily could have been put up for this award. Absolutely, the two yeah. aforementioned players, yep. LDT and and Patrick Mahomes, could have been up for this award. Tyreek Hill actually has done a lot of great things in our community as well. Um, you know, any number of the of the folks on our team could be Harrison Butker, very much involved in the community. No doubt. Um, it's it's really nice having those guys in your community. Uh, I think Kansas City's a little different in that respect because of how tight knit. 
uh, Kansas City is anyway. You it know? is, yeah, absolutely. You know, we're big supporters of local, uh, you know, buying local, shopping local, promoting local brands like Boulevard Beer, um, Casey Beer Co., you know, things like that, things that we enjoy here on the show. So, <laughs> um, and that was some uh, unpaid promotion, so you're welcome, guys. <laughs> we support KC. So, yeah. you know, just having those kinds of community, those guys, kinds of guys in your community, rather, uh, super important. And another side note, uh, Tra- Travis Kelsey has entered the 99 Club on Madden. The 99 Club. Right. He is one of two Kansas City Chiefs, the other being Patrick Mahomes, in that 99 Club. And that's a huge, uh, huge award, honestly. You know, those ratings guys are kind of pricks sometimes, and... You know, they undervalue people. Tyree Kill, I, I foresee, is joining that club with another one of those big performances. I think if he catches two touchdowns in that last game, he's a 99 clubber. You think so? I think so. The players take the Madden ratings very seriously. So serious. They get pissed. When they're, when they're underrated, man, they're pissed. <laughs> they get really pissed. I can't blame them. It's a motivational thing. Absolutely. 100%. Um, but, you know, congratulations, Travis Kelsey. Big day, big week for you. That those things were announced today. Uh, I found that information out courtesy of Adam Schefter of ESPN, so thank you for that. Um, as well as Catch the Blitz on Instagram. Um, so I got to credit those those guys for sharing that information. Um, but some on-the-field uh, information about the Chiefs, some things that we want to highlight. Uh, our offense is fucking awesome. Yeah, they are fast. Uh-huh. They like to score a lot of points. They do. And uh, they're fast. They are also fast. They are fast. The Legion of Zoom definitely is earned. Um, just a couple of quick numbers for you. The Chiefs offense is the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes leading the NFL in passing yards, 3,815 3, yards passing, 331 to 2 touchdown interception ratio. And Travis Kelsey, uh, again, like I said, big, big week for this guy. He... Has the first tight end in NFL history to record five consecutive thousand-yard receiving seasons by a tight end. Um, you know, not even what a the, stud. Not even the great Tony Gonzalez. Could, what a could stud! Match that what a stud. That's incredible, man. Um, yeah, shout out to Tony G for uh, saying he enjoyed Atlanta a little bit better than he did Kansas City. <laughs> so thanks, Travis. Good job, buddy. Yep, Travis is the you know the tight end face of the of the Chiefs. Absolutely. I think you know he's. Even when he hit four last year, I was like, this guy is probably going to surpass Tony Gonzalez's legacy. But you know what Travis was able to do that Tony G was not able to do here was win a ring. Yep, I think that's pretty special. And I'm not trying to dig on Tony G at all because that guy was a legend here when <laughs> when Kansas City football I had really wasn't when much. I was a kid, yeah. Dude, he was every the only kid in Kansas City had a Tony G jersey, right? And Priest Holmes and Dante Hall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know... Congratulations, Travis Kelsey. What one hell of a week! Um, but let's continue the season. Let's go get another ring for you, buddy. That's right. That's right. And I think we're going to do that. Travis Kelsey, uh, number two in receiving yards amongst all pass catchers. Uh, Tyreek Hill, number three. And speaking of Tyreek Hill, he is actually tied for the lead with thirteen touchdowns. Should be fucking fifteen touchdowns. Should be the number one touchdown grabber in the NFL. Yep. Um, you know, minus a bad overlooked by the refs and Tyreek Hill and Andy Reid. I can't believe nobody caught that. Bro, I was slamming my head on my couch. You fight. <laughs> I You almost fight for balls that you know damn well you didn't catch. You're like, review that. Go, go back and watch the film. I've never seen a receiver 
catch or not catch the ball and say that they did not catch that ball. I know, that's crazy. He's probably thinking, yeah, next play I'm going to run the same route. I'm going to burn this guy again, and Pat's going to throw the ball down here. I'm going to smoke this guy. I'm going to catch the ball. <laughs> that's, that's a total Tyreek Hill thing to say, I, right. I would say. That dude, he's confident in his craft for a good fucking reason. Good honestly. reason, yeah, he's, absolutely. He's, He's, in my mind, top three receiver in the league, and that's obviously no bias. I've got, um, you know, Devontae Adams is up there with him, and uh, honestly, DK Metcalf's been putting on a showing this year. DK's got to be the best receiver in the league right now, man. You know, uh, he could play. The... He could have been a chief. Could have been a chief. <sighs> yeah. Could have been a chief. So, that that's always so subjective, you know, because... If there weren't question marks surrounding a certain player entering that draft, I don't think we take Nicole Hardman. And I don't get me wrong, I think Nicole Hardman has all of the tools to be successful. If you look at Tyree Kill's career trajectory, they kind of have a lot of similar skill set. If you look at their trajectory, Tyree Kill was used as a gadget player those first couple years. Yep. He was a returner those first couple years. He was easy in the offense, and he was just big play. That yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now, uh, once that offense evolved and really started including him into it, that's when he started getting it. So I think uh, once once we – you know, next year is going to be a lot different. We're not going to have D-Rob most likely. We're not going to have Sammy Watkins most likely. Right. So it's really going to be up to Miko Hardman to take his meaningful snaps that he's going to receive and turn those into good targets. So, you know, while I think it may not be 100% fair to judge that just quite yet, we could have DK Metcalf 100%. <laughs> he's, le- he's leading the league in, in yards. He is number one in, in receiving yards, and he's not too far behind those guys when it comes to um, uh, pa- uh, receiving touchdowns. So Yeah, tied. So it's, uh you know... It's just one of those things where hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so moving into that. Okay, you got this transition. Okay. <laughs> Let's go into some awards. Absolutely, the first one's got to be MVP. Let's talk MVP. Who you got front running and who do you got right behind him? All right, MVP, the quarterback award. Um you know, a lot of these offensive awards awards are designed for quarterbacks to win them unless someone does something spectacular like how Michael Thomas did last year, breaking the reception record held by Marvin Harrison. Um, my front runner has got to be Patrick Mahomes. You know, two less interceptions than who I think is in second place and Aaron Rodgers. Right. Um, he does have three less passing touchdowns, and I think Aaron Rodgers has, also has more three more total touchdowns when you factor in their rushing touchdowns is 37 Rodgers, 34 Mahomes. Okay. Uh, I may be off one or two on those, but um, when you're looking at what they're doing and how they're winning, Rodgers dropped a game to the Minnesota Vikings earlier this year. And he's actually that, that Packers team has lost three games this year. Um, Mahomes has lost one. And I think at the end of the day, you got to look at that, uh, as sort of a tiebreaker. I think their passing performances are pretty close. Their quarterback ratings are just a couple point differential. Um, <clears throat> and Patrick Mahomes is doing it. It just seems like they're both doing it very comfortably. Agreed. I think this is a tough race to call, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to overall team record that ultimately decides this award. That's just my opinion. On I that. hear you. I think if the Chiefs continue to play football games like they did Sunday, mm-hmm. like sloppy football games like they did against Denver, I think 
Aaron Rodgers continues to pull lay, pull away a little bit. Yeah. Um, I could see that. But I, I think whoever has – we got you know a couple games left here, a few games left here. Whoever has the big game, the four touchdown, the 450 yards, the no interceptions against the big player – Against or against against the big team, I should say, I think that's the guy that just like somebody raises a flag and says, "This is my MVP." Yeah, you know, and if it goes where these guys go, two touchdowns, three hundred fifty yards, each of them do that uh, week in week out mm-hmm. for the rest of the season, then I think yeah, I can <clears throat> see, you know, some. I think they want to give it to the fifteen and one team and being the Chiefs. You yeah, know, I I can definitely see that, especially and if you're fifteen and one. I mean, that's a hell of a record. Yeah, good fucking luck. You're damn near perfect. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's going to, like you said, it's going to click. Yeah. It's going to click for everyone where it's just like a consensus thing. That's that's how it's been, uh, you know, just monitoring the last two MVP races between uh, Lamar Jackson in 19 and, and Patrick Mahomes in 2018. You know, pretty much going into the playoffs, you knew who was going to be the MVP. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So <clears throat> I think that's really what's going what's gonna to happen here. Now, Offensive Player of the Year. You got to look at a lot of different players here, and I'm going to exclude quarterbacks. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks that are deserving of this award. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson Russ, at one point, yeah. Kyler Murray has uh, a lot of. He's put up some good numbers. He's double-digit rushing touchdowns on the year. I think those are all guys that you can consider. Josh Allen has had a huge uh, breakthrough year, so uh, you know, so to speak. So. Um, those are guys you can consider, but I really want to highlight these non-QB players because these are the kind of guys that I think you know get overlooked a lot of times, and they really deserve this. So <clears throat> Tyreek Hill, I'm gonna start with my hometown guys. Tyreek Hill leads the lead, lead or tied for league leader in receiving touchdowns. He's third in receiving yards, and he has scored a touchdown in 12 of the or I'm sorry. Uh, 10 of the 12 games they have played thus far this year. Uh, last week, should have had two games, should have been 11 out of 12, but he's still on pace to uh, not tie the record held by Randy Moss, 15 games, 15 touchdowns, or I believe it, no, I'm sorry, it was Emmett Smith, rather. Um, but he is on pace to still meet that 14 touchdowns in 14 out of 16 games, and that's impressive. It is No impressive. matter how you spin Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. Now, Travis Kelsey is another person that I think should heavily be considered. One, because he did something no other player has done in league history. I think that that's why that puts him on this list. 100%. And if you're looking at his numbers and the success that he has achieved on the field thus far this year and what he means to the Chiefs offense, as you know, he is the security blanket. If it wasn't for Travis Kelsey, I say the Chiefs maybe lose three or four more games this year than what they've already lost because of how he is able to convert those third and longs underneath. He's a reliable target, sure-handed. You know, he's one of those guys that just changes the game for you and can really step up in the moments that matter most. He's second in receiving yards among all pass catchers, and number one is a tight end, of course. Um, He's fifth in receptions. Uh, he has 80 catches so far this year, and he's seventh in touchdowns with eight. Tied amongst a bunch of wide receivers. You look at all these top 10 categories for all of the major receiving stats, and Travis Kelsey's among every single one of them. Right, absolutely. And probably the only tight end. <clears throat> the only tight end. No, none of them are even close. There's like a two or 300-yard gap between 
him and I want to say Darren Waller is number two in yards because Probably. he just had a 200-yard Yeah, right, game. right, right. So <clears throat> there's a noticeable gap between what he's doing and what every other tight end is doing, and there's honestly a noticeable gap between what he's doing and what half of 90% of the receivers in the NFL are doing. Right. So that's something that I think should definitely be taken into account. Now, uh, DK Metcalf leads the league in yards, tied for touchdowns uh, at 13. He is someone that's going to be important when it comes to that uh, looking at that Offensive Player of the Year race. <clears throat> DK obviously having a breakout year. He's been pretty phenomenal for the Seattle Seahawks on those deep balls. Um, that's a guy that you'll want to keep an eye out for, see if he can continue that su- success down the stretch. Stephon Diggs leading the league in NFL uh, receptions. He has 90. He's tied with Keenan Allen. But the difference between Stephon Diggs and Keenan Allen is that Stephon Diggs really has been, uh, you know, he's blossomed in this role, and I think his change just sticks out a little bit more to me. And he's generated top five yards. Now, Keenan Allen's stock is rising, and I wouldn't be surprised in the later weeks if we see Keenan Allen in this conversation next time we have it. But that's someone who I think is, is going to be you know important down the stretch for this award. Devontae Adams, another one of those guys, elite route, route runner. He is the number one target for the MVP uh, candidate, Aaron Rodgers, and he is tied for the league in touchdowns as well at 13. So, uh, you know, those receivers, those guys who are catching passes, those are those guys who are really going to stick out when it comes to evaluating those offensive players of the year. Now, I really want to turn my attention away from the receivers and focus in on some of these running backs. Uh, I'm sorry these two running backs these two running backs are clear-cut number one and two or 1a 1b if you will in the league it's Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook now when it comes to offensive player of the year um, these guys should absolutely be considered Dalvin Cook number one in rushing touchdowns Derrick number two Derrick Henry number one in rushing yards Dalvin Cook number two these guys have already eclipsed 1,000 yards on the year. They're the only two running backs to do so, and they both have over 10 touchdowns rushing. Um, where I think Dalvin Cook holds the edge is his receiving um, oh, capabilities okay. yeah. as a runner. So that's something to look for uh, whenever these Offensive Player of the Year awards shake out. And I think you know, what we said about the MVP award is going to be apparent for all of these awards. You know, Week 17, you're going to know who is number one. Agreed. I, I think so, too. I think I have a top three as far as um, Offensive Player of the Year. I think DK Metcalf's my number one. I think Devontae Adams is my number two, and I think Tyreek Hill is probably, I want to say, like a 2A, 2B thing mm-hmm. like we were talking about earlier. Um, I, those guys are close. Devontae Adams is such a game changer for that offense. Um, they don't have the Travis Kelsey that we have. On, at Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. So I think he's much more of a game changer, much more of a threat for that offense compared to what Hill is for ours. Because, I mean, not to say that Hill isn't a big part of the Kansas City offense, but if he goes out, next man up. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we'd have to fill in Sammy. We'd have to fill in. Yeah. Somebody's you know, going to step guys. up. Exactly. You're looking at, okay, I see where you're looking at. You're looking at importance to the team. As being the driving factor. Right. But, you know, I think the five seasons in a row, 1,000 yards for Travis Kelsey, that's a big damn deal. And I think that 
as a voter, you think about things like that. Like, this guy's been a stud for five years, mm-hmm. and he's been so consistent, and he continues to be the guy for this offense, and I think they look at that. Yeah, I think they should. They'd be wrong not to. I agree 100%, yeah. Now, uh, when it comes to the defensive player of the year, who do you have as number one? I think it's T.J. Watt's award to lose. I think T.J. Watt is an absolute stud. I mean, he leads or ties or uh, in every major defensive category um, right now for D. Lyman. Um, they were kind of talking about this through the game last week, and I, I guess I didn't understand the magnitude of how good – he was playing this season until they were talking about it in the Washington game. And then after that, and it's kind of the thing, you know, you hear somebody's name or you see a car or you buy a car and you keep seeing that car. Mm-hmm. But it's like you just keep seeing T.J. Watt make play after play after right. play. Right, now you're focused and, on and it. Tackle, you're tackle aware of it. Tackle after tackle. And then he's hitting Alex Smith, hitting Alex Smith, hitting Alex Smith. And, I mean, that guy's everywhere. And he may, he's always involved in the play when he's on the field. Yeah, I think, you know, T.J. Watt has to be uh, my front runner simply simply because Miles Garrett has been hurt. Now, Miles Garrett was leading the league in sacks before. I'm, I'm sorry, I said hurt. I meant he had COVID. He was out for two weeks because of COVID. So, uh, you know, if he plays those two games, I think Miles Garrett uh, stays sack leader in the NFL. Um, you know, obviously you've got to focus on Aaron Donald being one of the top people in sacks. And, um, you know, I've been seeing some numbers out there watching games as well. Right. Where Aaron Donald is leading the league in double teams, and he has like a 33% success rate against those, those double teams. That's the stat that I love to hear. Yeah. That is the stat I love to hear. That's the shit. Yeah. That guy's he's, an animal. He's a big man. He's ready to, uh, you know, he's, he's there to dominate the offensive line yeah. and dictate where – those guys are going and, and you have to double team him every time and that's something you know that's something that a lot of defensive linemen don't always have they don't have the ability to stuff a run and rush the passer no absolutely not that's not something that you know is always a package deal you get one or the other um chris jones you know he sometimes struggles against the run i think it's blown out of proportion yeah uh but you know that's definitely his strong suit is rushing the passer right and that's just what you find frank clark rushing the passer he does not stop the run right um you know those are the kinds of things that you're going to find in these defensive players a year but you know shifting the focus from these fantastic linemen you got to pay attention to what's going on in miami and i mentioned it earlier Xavier howard leading the league in the nfl or leading the league with eight interceptions and he has the highest cornerback grade in coverage uh, according to pff so uh you know those guys put together some good formulas sometimes i don't agree with it maybe it's because i'm biased but um Xavier howard i think it proves a good point i've been noticing him play, watching some of those games he's locking those guys down um you know he's been playing pretty well let's talk about jamal adams so, that guy's an all-around beast. He is an all-around beast. I think he is a dark horse candidate for this award. Jamal Adams has only played in eight games, but listen to this. My guy Jamal Adams has not put up the coverage numbers that maybe you want to see, but is this dude a defensive back or a fucking defensive end? <laughs> in eight games, he has seven and a half sacks, 13 quarterback hits, eight tackles for loss, courtesy of Pro Football Reference. This is in eight games. He missed four weeks. Four weeks and is still putting up these numbers. That's almost a sack a game, almost a tackle for loss, or that is a tackle for loss a game. Right. And he's averaging multiple QB hits. This dude is forcing pressure. He is the lone 
spotlight of the Seahawks defense. Yeah. And, you know, this is a defense that features some good players. You know, Shaquille Griffin, you got um, Bobby Wagner, um, and obviously they've been hit with some injuries. Quandre Diggs, great safety. Um, but Jamal Adams is the only positive of this defense, and he's the only one generating real pressure. Yeah, I agree. That guy's a, he's, he's just an animal, man. He's all over the field. He's the kind of football player. I mean, not to not to. I don't want to take away from Tyron Matthew, but when you say Honey Badger, you think of something like that guy is like he's down in Ferocious. the he's down in the nitty gritty right. down on the line, and then he's down on the deep ball and and all that stuff. And it that's the kind of football player I like the all around football player, yeah, the guy and- that goes sideline to sideline, not afraid to hit anybody, likes getting hit. Likes putting damage on people. That's he, the kind of football I like to watch. He lives for the contact. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. Um, you know, so those are just some guys to watch out for in that award. Those are the show's picks for that front for the front runner. I think it's ultimately going to be won by T.J. Watt, personally. I agree. I agree 100%. Now, when it comes to the rookie awards, my rookie award picks are Justin Herbert and Chase Young for offense and defense. Who do you got? I think offense is up for grabs right now. Okay. After last week. All right. I think Jefferson might might be my front runner. Claypool, Chase Claypool's a bad dude. But he's like an every other week kind of dude. Yeah, I agree. He's not consistent. Jefferson's consistent. Jefferson Herbert, is a thousand yard receiver. Already. I know. And that's 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 a milestone. And you look at Herbert, like a couple like two or three weeks ago we were talking about this mm-hmm. like i'm afraid to see this guy in five years and have to play him twice a year right not afraid but you look at those games at preseason you're like man we got to play herbert twice this year that could be a one in one series in the season he definitely gives you more fear than like a drew lock or Absolutely. a Derek Carr. no right? doubt yeah yeah, yeah. one of yeah. those guys who can break a game open right and he could arm. progress i mean this guy could be taught a lot of things and, and progress into his career and be a great quarterback mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, I think Justin Jefferson has a legitimate chance to overtake that Rookie of the Year award. When it comes to the defensive side of things, I think, you know, Chase Young pretty much has it sewn up. But you got to watch out for um, a defensive back in Carolina, Jeremy Chin. Now, Jeremy Chin did something that no other player has done. As a defensive player, he scored on back-to-back defensive snaps. Any defensive player, any defensive rookie. No defensive player in the history of the NFL scored on back-to-back defensive snaps. Wow! How impressive is that? That's um, cool. He did that. He was able to accomplish that feat um, amongst several other accomplishments this year as a rookie. He's been a great defender. Um, Antoine Winfield has really stepped up for the Buccaneers as well. Antoine Winfield Jr. That is. Yeah, um, that's cool to see. Yeah, I mean, you love to see those guys you watch. Oh, we got a. Uh, we got turnover touchdown. Oh, New England man. is on the board. Ten, ten to seven. Defensive back Miles Bryant scoring a touchdown. What they wow. have two defensive touchdowns last week. Defensive special teams touchdowns yep. last week. Yep, and that is another one this week. That's where Jared Goff saying he's down, but wow. Um, yeah. If that's even a catch. If it's even a catch, yeah. I'm not if sure about that. If it's not a catch, that's an interception. If it's a, if it, that could be an interception. It could be an interception, but he was touched while he was down. So if he, if he picked it off, he's down right there. Wow. All right. Well, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. 
Um, defensive rookie of the year, year though, I got Chase Young. Um, he's been a stud this whole year, consistent. He's been a beast. Like, like, I've, like I've said about the offensive rookie of the year. Guy's been consistent. Um, he looked great against Pittsburgh. You can tell um, when you watch guys like that play big teams, they love the big games. Oh, yeah. And you want that guy on your football team. Oh, yeah. he's, he's not afraid of the, the, of the spotlight. He's not afraid of being here or playing Big Ben or playing Tom Brady or nobody like that. He's there to whoop somebody's ass, and he wants to be a part of that. Yeah, you're talking about a guy in Chase Young who could have played in the NFL his you know last year with OSU. Or freshman year in high school. Or we don't fresh, know. Yeah, grown-ass <laughs> man kind of guy, like a Derrick Henry kind of guy. Right. You know, so not surprising to see him find success here in the NFL. Um, Comeback Player of the Year Award. This is the last word we're going to talk about tonight. Um there's, I think this is pretty much between three quarterbacks who did not see the field last year. One being Big Ben, two being Cam Newton, three being uh, Alex Smith. So Alex Smith has done something pretty incredible. 17 surgeries, almost lost his leg. You know almost the story. Almost lost his leg. You know the story. He, he found his way back to the football field, and he's finding success. Beating the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, pushes him to the front of that race. He looks the same. He Like, he's... Still dumping the ball down. He's, he's still, still scrambling. I know, man. This guy looks the same. He looks great. Yeah. I love it. He doesn't look like he's lost a step. He's right. still got, you know, his check down game is strong. No doubt. Dan he, and I are huge Alex Smith guys. 100%. I mean, not Did just, his time at Kansas City, you know. As a Kansas City fan, you know, some people loved him. Some people hated him. He brought us out of the gutter. He did, man. And, you know, on the show, if you're a fan of the show, if you hate the show, whatever, we're going to talk Alex Smith because we like the guy and we appreciate what he did for Kansas City. And my comeback player of the year, it's got to go to Alex Smith. Just from the level of shit that he went through to get back on the field is way different from Big Ben or Cam Newton. And he's coming back at a level – Within three games, we just played three games. Yeah, uh, th- three or four. I, yeah, I, I, right. Honestly, one of the two. Yeah. But he's come back and he just started. I mean, he played solid football. Those been, all those games he's played. That first game back was a little iffy, but then you know Thanksgiving. You're looking at his last two last two games. It's a small sample size, but it, he's been he's been very impressive. He's I think where impressive. he might not win this award is because the Steelers are. I've only lost one game. Yeah, and, and people want you know people. People have always been Big Ben fans, really. Yeah, Big a guy ben, can get away Tom with Tom Brady. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. you know, we're not going to go there. <laughs> um, you know, Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. Uh, go ahead and write it down. You know, mark the date, December 10th, 2020, 8 p.m. Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. Uh, fastest 40 is calling it. So, uh, we're going to move into our big money moves of the week. Dun, uh, dun, dun. That's right. That's right. These are some, uh, you know, some sure bets. If you're in a place where you can bet responsibly and legally, uh, you know, these are some things that, you know, can, can help you pay that mortgage, buy those holiday presents, you know, get your girl a ring, whatever. Um, or lose the Christmas bonus or that you lose just got. <laughs> <laughs> you got some cash to burn. Um, when it comes to you know our locks of the week, we're going to put up three locks of the week. We're going to give you a do or die, you know, gun to your head, who are you picking this week, and we're going to give you a low-key sleeper bet. My lock of the week, my three locks of the week, I'm taking Indy minus 2.5 at Las Vegas. 
I think their defense is going to shut them down. I think Las Vegas has been spiraling out of control with poor games, poor performances against the Jets and the Falcons. And I just think the Colts have been so fucking strong lately. They have been, but what about the Tennessee game? And I'll be honest, I don't like playing against teams that are inconsistent. you got to look at this this way, though. The Tennessee game, they lost, but it was a close one. Before that, they whooped the Packers like – the Packers came out strong, but the okay. Colts pretty much dominated the rest okay. of that game. Yeah, I hear you. So I think, you know, going to Las Vegas is going to be slight work for these guys. Now, Atlanta travels to the Chargers. The line set at 49. I'm taking that over all day long. We got two shit defenses, which is so <clears throat> unfathomable <laughs> for the Chargers. They have so much fucking talent. They do. But their defense has been atrocious this year, so I think these two high-powered offenses are going to shoot that over. I'd hammer that. Now, when it comes to Washington going to San Francisco, they're giving Washington three points <clears throat> against Nick Mullins. Give me that all day. I'm taking that action. Give me that I'm all taking day. That action. Those are my three locks of the week. What do you got, Trey? I got Houston minus one against Chicago. So give me the win. That's all I need. I'm definitely taking Houston minus one. You against guys can't Chicago. see, but I'm holding a W up. Yeah, and I'm eating it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Zeke, baby. Zeke style. Uh, my next one, I got Washington at San Francisco. The over-under is set at 43 points. I'm taking the over. Let's go. Green Bay at Detroit. The over-under is set at 55. I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under. Taking the under Green Bay wow. probably scores 35. Let's, oh. let's say that. They score 35. Can Detroit score three touchdowns against Green Bay? I'm not buying it. I don't think so. I'm not buying it. I don't think so. No Kenny Galladay? No. I'm not buying it. Maybe Swift. He's injured. He's kind of iffy here and there. Yeah. I mean... I'm not I'm not buying it. So I'm going the under on 55 Green Bay Detroit. All right. Do or die. Dan, what is your do or die? You got a gun to your head. What are you taking? All right. Gun to my head. Click, click. I'm taking New Orleans at Philadelphia going over 44. I've got New Orleans in my prediction here. New Orleans scoring 30 or more uh, against this porous Philadelphia defense. And I got Jalen Hurts putting up some electric numbers. I'm excited um, to see what Jalen Hurts does. He looked good in his last few, you know, in those first few snaps that he that he was able to earn. Yeah, he's in that kind of thrown game. into a shitty situation. Yeah, it's a little shitty, but he's got some solid weapons. Zach Ertz coming back, I think, he, yeah. you know, that could be an iffy thing. Yeah, uh, you don't know who he has rapport with, but, you know, he could find some of these guys who have been kind of lost in the shuffle with all these injuries and COVID issues and Carson Wentz fucking up. You know, all of those things. I think Jalen Hurts maybe makes that offense shine a little bit, but they ain't getting a dub. No doubt. But I'll put that over on. I'm do or die in that one. What do you got? I got Baltimore at Cleveland. Over, under, is set at 46.5. This is right now on December 10th. This is probably going to change, so if you can lock this in right now, I highly suggest that. All right, we got another defensive touchdown here. The Rams just scoring. Wow, that's wow. Okay, so they didn't give the defense a touchdown to the Patriots. Oh, we missed that. Yeah, it's We're 16-0. we on this shit. <laughs> 16-0 LA Rams. They must have tagged him down. Wow. Bill's probably having a fucking conniption. So, <clears throat> oh, he didn't even see him. He just threw the football. It was a screen. That's Cam, Newton hurt. Threw Cam Newton's it. comeback player of the year chance. Yeah, he just dropped. Yep. So... When it comes to, you know, your sleepers, your low keys, something that maybe not everyone's going to bet on, what do you got, man? 
Sleeper bet of the week. I got Washington plus three. I don't know if this is much of a sleeper anymore since Washington's kind of out there and everybody knows that they're up. back. People are waking but up. But some people are still, you know, Giants are winning the division. Washington still sucks. Alex Smith can't do it. He can't throw the long ball. Maybe he can't. But Washington's <laughs> better than New York. 100%. I got Washington plus three against San Fran. Um, San Fran's kind of iffy. I mean, they're a, they're a, they're a, I want to score 35 this week, then we'll score 17 and still win this week. Right. So you don't really know where that football team's going. Um, Washington's defense looks solid. I think this is a close game either way, whether it's 17-13, 17-14, 20-17, somewhere around there. It's going to be mm-hmm. teens, 20s, low-scoring kind of deal. But that's how I see that game going. So yeah. I'm taking Washington plus three. Where they cover that is really, you know, I think they win this game, obviously. But where they cover that is going to come down to San Francisco leaning on that running game <clears throat> and Washington's front seven shutting them up. Um, my sleeper bet, something low-key, Jacksonville's been keeping it pretty fucking close with a lot of teams this year. They've covered quite a bit. So I've got them covering the seven and a half against Tennessee. <clears throat> I think you can go ahead and lock that in. Tennessee's defense has not been great. They're actually in the bottom of the league in, when it comes to running defense, rush defense. And the Jaguars and James Robinson have proved that they have a uh, consistent and solid running game, even when they're behind. So, um, you know, you got to look out for that. And I think they end up covering that game. Now, when it comes to uh, some prop bets... Uh, something that you can sling some money down on. Always take a Derrick Henry touchdown prop. Always. This Absolutely. Dude, this dude That's a been, safe bet, man. He's been a machine this year in the touchdown game. What do you For think? For the last man? two years, man. Last yeah. two years. He's been amazing. He's been double-digit tutties. I played something for the game tonight because I wanted to be a part of the fun while we were making the show or watching the game. So I took Jared Goff. Touchdown passes over unders one and a half. I took the over. Oh. Let me tell you what he's got right now. 72 yards passing, 7 for 11, completion to attempts, one interception. Rushing, two attempts, 10 yards, one touchdown. Let's go. He's got a rushing touchdown. One more touchdown. No, I need two passing touchdowns. Oh, shit. Two it's passing, passing touchdowns, bet. yeah. Oh, no. So, um, they're up 17 nothing right now. The likelihood of Jared Goff throwing two touchdown passes is unlikely, I would say, as of right now. If I was live betting this, it's probably going to be more like uh, plus 135, plus 150 mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. minus 175. So you're getting some shit odds now. Yeah, so I'm getting shit odds now. <laughs> but that's all right. I like right. adversity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it, and Jared Goff's going to throw t- two touchdown passes to finish this game off. I'm in your corner, man. I'm in your corner now. You know, We're going to go ahead and segue into some fantasy football talk. I want to start this segment off with just a quick update on some key injuries you'll want to keep an eye out for. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has been missing practices this week. He tweaked his hammy or his quad, but uh, you know he is not expected to play this weekend. So if you're going to put him in your lineup, be ready to uh, look on Sunday morning and see whether or not Mike Davis is going to get that start. Um, Josh Jacobs, another guy you want to keep an eye out for. He had a, a random ankle injury. He's really fucking me in one of my playoff teams. But uh, watch out for Josh Jacobs. He may not play. Could be a good idea to pick up Devontae Booker if you haven't already done it. Could be a good idea to pick up Jalen Richard if you're in a PPR league. Um, 
CEH has been battling some illness. He was active for the last game, didn't play a whole lot. Tyreek Hill missed a couple of uh, practices this week with the same illness. Looks like Clyde's back this week. From what I've seen, he practiced full practice this week. He's not listed as questionable, doubtful, anything. Oh, great. That's fantastic. That's what I just saw. Glad Glad you're healthy, Clyde. Yeah, thanks, you, buddy. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Julio. Julio's been having some hamstring issues. Watch out for him. He could be another game-time decision where they say, ah, fuck it, we're going to leave him on the bench. Um, A.J. Brown having some issues. Antonio Gibson got some turf toe. He missed uh, the vast majority of that Pittsburgh game. And Kenny Galladay continuing to have injury issues as he moves through the, the, the season. Now... We're going to jump into some stardom and sit them. Now, stardom, I like to give a full lineup, give you a full scope. Trey's going to pinpoint a few guys that you should fucking start. If you don't start them, you're an idiot. Um, first, I'm going to give you the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill at Jacksonville. <clears throat> Tannehill's been putting up some solid numbers, had a fantastic game against Cleveland. Even though they got the loss, that offense generated 35 points. Corey Davis had a fucking phenomenal game. And I expect him to have another phenomenal game against Jacksonville. So he's in the lineup as well. Your two running backs, Jonathan Taylor going against Las Vegas, bottom half of the league. Yeah, I think he's a big pickup this week. Just oh, like yeah. he was last week. I think the as we move into the latter end of the season, Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Taylor is your guy. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's got some juicy ass matchups like fucking I'm talking juicy fruit, five nickel fucking di- sticks of gum. You're gonna want to chew on that shit. Uh David Montgomery is in the same boat. He's got a lot of bottom half of the league rushing teams that he's playing against. Bottom 10, really. One of them being Houston this week. So make sure you play him. Last week he got 70 yards and two touchdowns. I look for you know a similar performance. Um, you're going to want to look out for Amari Cooper. He's playing against Cincinnati. Now, you got Andy Dalton, former Cincinnati quarterback, going to Cincinnati to play another game. I like it. Who knows when he's going to get another opportunity to dominate out there. That guy seems pretty chill, though. You think he's like upset, like, I'm going to go up to Cincinnati and kick these guys' ass. I think Andy Dalton is chill on the surface, but inside he's a killer. But he, he just doesn't have the talent. He yeah. is a redhead. He has no soul. He has no soul. <laughs> he's just ready to eat the soul of the Cincinnati Bengals. And these guys are already fucking... The Bengals are sans okay. soul. They have no soul either. Okay. Joe Burrow was willi- their soul. I'm willing to watch. I'm willing to watch. I'm willing to watch, too. And I think Amari Cooper catches another touchdown like he did last week. Robert Tanyan against Detroit. Detroit's defense is my ass. Uh, DeAndre Swift going to Green Bay, another one of those bottom-tier run defenses. I think he'd be a good flex pe- play for this week if he is healthy. Um, you're also going to want to play Harrison Butker. Miami has a stout defense. I could see uh, some red zone stops and some field goals. That was apparent last week against Denver. Um, if they're able to stop the Chiefs in the red zone again, I expect another double-digit performance from Harrison Butker. And then Seattle's defense at New York. Uh, Jamal Adams, that aforementioned you know DPOY candidate in the show's mind, the fastest forty mind. Um, you know I could see him getting a sack, maybe a sack and a half, um, and they're gonna hold that uh, New York defense or New York offense to under twenty points. So that should generate you some points in fantasy as well. I hear you. Yeah, loud and clear. So I want to go back to your kicker, Harrison Bucker. You're always taking a Chiefs kicker in your team. If, if, if Harrison Bucker is available, take him. If he's on your bench, play him because the Chiefs are driving down the field. They're getting at least field goal range. Mm-hmm. If they're not, they're scoring a touchdown. So you're at least getting one, maybe two, three, four, five points from that player. 
So let me jump into, you got something? No, you're good. Go for it. Let me jump into my three picks here for stardom. J.K. Dobbins at Cleveland this weekend. Last week, he had 13 points for me with a touchdown, 70 yards on the ground. I think it was maybe 72 yards on the ground. Um, But this guy's continuously looked good. He's getting more touches over the week. Um, I think that continues as Baltimore tries to move into a playoff spot moving into the end of the season. Um, J.K. Dobbins is going to be their guy. Although I, I need to see a little bit more, um, a little more handoffs in the, uh, in the, in the past or in between the, uh, in between the quarterback running back with, with the Baltimore situation. So I think if J.K. Um, continues to get more carries, he's obviously going to be your guy. We saw what he did at uh, Ohio State last year. My second one here, Ezekiel Elliott at Cincinnati. If you're, if you have Ezekiel Elliott on your team. You know that, as I've seen in a league that I'm in this year, and you're, Dan's in the same league. I can attest to this. Um, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't played the best football that he has played in the last five years. Um, last week, he got 17 touches, 70 yards. He's starting to look a little more like the Ezekiel Elliott we know. So I think uh, I think Ezekiel Elliott at Cincinnati is a good start. Cincinnati's defense is not strong. Um, Zeke scores 10 plus this week, which is in our league, Dan, a good score. Yeah, that's great. No um, PBR. No. Our third, my third one here, Deontay Johnson, um, at Buffalo. This guy is Big Ben's go-to. Juju, you might say Juju is, but it's actually Deontay Johnson. And Juju is in a contract here, mind you. Yeah, this guy had, I think, 13 or 14 targets last week against Washington, they might all be seven, eight, nine yard, ten, you know, yard passes. But you get that ball, you turn it around, three or four yards, um, yak. Then you're talking about you know a ten yard to fifteen yard completion there. Yeah, um, and if you're in PPR, that's that's good points. Absolutely. Nine I mean, you're you're talking points. twenty twenty five points there if you hit ten ten completions, right? Mm-hmm. So those are my three starts for the week. Now. It's funny you mentioned Deontay Johnson at Buffalo because I honestly think, uh, you know, Josh Allen's not going to have a great game. And I think if, uh, you know, that Pittsburgh defense is stifling, maybe they uh, don't pass it as much. They lean on that run a little bit with James Conner. But I can also, I agree with you, Deontay Johnson has become the go-to, you know, check down kind of guy. And he's also has that ability to bust it downfield. Yep. Um, now, my sit for this week, I got Josh Allen on the bench. Um, you know, if Josh Allen is your only – let's say your other quarterback is Kirk Cousins, fucking start Josh Allen, of course. But I'm just nervous about the Pittsburgh defense really slowing that offense down. Yep. Uh, that pressure is going to be pretty strong, and I foresee a couple of Josh Allen turnovers – now, Josh Allen might prove me wrong this week. and uh, I think maybe... he could, after what we saw from Alex Smith last week. And it's possible. It really is possible, but I'm just a little worried about him. Now, David Johnson going playing against Chicago, I don't trust him running against that front seven. I don't trust Le'Veon Bell uh, against Miami, especially since Clyde is now going to be playing. I know a lot of people were trying to take a flyer on him last week. Um I don't think you should start Devontae Parker against Kansas City. 
Uh, although that may seem like a nice matchup, Tua has not been consistent this year with his pass catchers. And, uh, you know, maybe Mike Gesicki has a nice game. Maybe starts throwing the ball to like Preston Williams or someone like that, or, or Miles Gaskin makes his return this week. Um, you know, he's one of my sleeper starts for the week. Um, he could be catching a lot of passes as well. Nelson Aguilar has been, you know, hit or miss. He's boomer bust. I would not trust him. I think he's busting this week. Zach Ertz going to New Orleans with Jalen Hurts. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I wouldn't trust him. And then Kenyon Drake playing that New York Giants tough front seven. I think they shut him down this week as well. Mason Crosby, I think he'll put up some points. However, I think it's all extra points. I don't know that he's going to score more than one field goal. I see him being a single-digit performance this week. And then I also would not trust Buffalo's defense. Buffalo's defense has been fantastic this year uh, in regards to fantasy. But, uh, you know, try and stay away from them when they play Pittsburgh this week. Agreed, I hear you. Especially on Aguilar, man. If you got that guy on your squad, you might as well drop him because he's going to cause you more stress <laughs> on if you should start him or sit him. Then he's actually going to benefit your fantasy football team. For sure. Um, I got Herbert at Atlanta. Uh, after last week's performance, I'm not trusting it. And then the performance Atlanta had against Las Vegas and Derek Carr. Derek Carr scored, scored zero. I'm not trusting that either. And then Hill last week wasn't a huge performance. I don't like the quarterback matchup against Atlanta, Atlanta this week. I got Cam Akers tonight against New England. Um, I don't have anything pulled up in front of me. I can't tell you what he's done so far. Scored touch, or he had that. He had long, a long run. Long run he had a long run, probably thirty or forty yards. You would say. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't know what he's done. Rams, I know Rams running backs are are hard to. He doesn't have engage. a touchdown. I don't. I know that because Jared Goff Jared Goff's got, got one. one, and the defense has got the other. Right. Okay. My third pick here: Adrian Peterson versus Green Bay. I've been bagging Strato. For two Shout or three out to weeks. Strato. Shout out to Strato. I've been bagging Strato for two or three weeks. Adrian Peterson's been on his bench since before Thanksgiving. This man has been Fucking tearing it disappointing. up. He's been tearing it up. It's a damn shame. How old is this like guy? That. 35. 35 years old. He's an animal. I'm an OU guy. He's an OU guy. I'm, I'm going to get with Adrian Peterson here because he's my guy. <laughs> uh, he's, been, he's been shredding these defenses. And it's honestly been from the goal line. It's not been like the old Adrian Peterson from the t- opposite 20. Right. He's running. He's running over people. He's not a field 80 yards. As much Yeah, anymore. no, no, not anymore, no. But uh, he's been putting up multiple touchdown games. I'm saying sit him this week. He's playing Green Bay. They're going to play Swift from behind. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think he gets as many touches. I don't blame you there. Um, as far as, like, you know, that dynamic in Detroit – uh, it does look like a juicy matchup going against Green Bay, but with DeAndre Swift coming back, they pretty much rely on him uh, yep. for that running rushing attack. I could maybe see Peterson sneaking a touchdown in there, maybe, but you know that's a big if. Right. Um, as for far tw- as and having twelve yards on the game, like, yeah, he yeah, might not it'd be he a might six get, point effort. Six he might, seven yeah, point he effort. might get three carries and one be a touchdown. Exactly. So you know, best to just play someone who you know is gonna put up some good yards now with those sleepers Andy Dalton going to Cincinnati I mentioned them early Miles Gaskin playing Kansas City at home uh, these two I did not mention Antonio Brown going to Minnesota I foresee a lot of checkdowns against that team I think uh, Antonio Brown's good for PPR he's been great for PPR thus far uh, Cole Komet is taking a lot of the tight end snaps for the Bears 
He's kind of overtaken Jimmy Graham to an extent of that starting role. So watch for him to put up, um, you know, maybe a touchdown, maybe a couple of solid passes against the uh, shitty Houston defense. Agreed. I hear you. And I got a lot Le'Veon Bell against Miami this weekend. Um, we saw Clyde not play last week, so we saw Le'Veon get all the touches this week, or last week. Mm-hmm. Um, he that guy is fun to watch run the ball. He's so patient. He's so patient, but it doesn't look patient. Like he just stops and goes, stop, go, <laughs> right. stop, go. Um, so we don't know what is really going on with Clyde, right? We don't have much information. He practiced today. Um, that's about all we know, but in the recent last two or three years, what have we seen from Andy Reid? When a, when a running back goes out for a week or two and somebody replaces him, slow, what do we see? Low, slow, ease him in kind of oh, uh, yeah. approach. We might not see Clyde Edward Alaire until <laughs> the playoffs, man. I mean, I don't want to say that because we're probably going to see Maybe him not in full force like we've no, seen. No, I mean, we... I mean, Le'Veon Bell might be the one and two down guy for two or three weeks here. We clinched the division this week, and I expect us to start easing up on a lot of our players. I agree 100%. Especially yeah. if Pittsburgh loses a game. Yeah, if they lose another game, then I think we pull pull the reins back a little bit. But um, other I, I, honestly, other than that, I think we go full force until we play until we, we play last game of the season. Chargers? Chargers. Yeah. Um, my, yeah, <laughs> my last player I got, or my second player I got here, Jordan Reed, um, against Washington this week. Or uh, Washington's going to San Fran. Jordan Reed had nine points for me last week. I picked him up on waivers. Um, obviously, uh, I can't think of his name. Who am I think of? San Fran. San Fran. Is he a tight end? Yes. Is he George Kittle? Is he George Kittle? George <laughs> Kittle for a thousand. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> yeah, George Kittle's not back. I don't think he's expected back until week sixteen, is what I read today. Um, Jordan Reed's the guy. He That'd had a good just week. Just in time for the Super Bowl. It would be if you're if in the fantasy win. league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yes. Uh, Jordan Reed is going to be the guy for San Fran right now. Uh, I think he caught like a twenty or thirty yard touchdown last week. Um, last one I got here is Panthers defense against Denver. Drew Locke sucks. Yes. I want to root for him. He went to Mizzou. From KC. Born and raised in Kansas City. Uh, went to Denver. So I had, I asked this question, and I have to ask you this question, Dan. I don't know, I don't remember who I asked. I think it was maybe Katie. Okay. I asked her, if you were born and raised in Kansas City, you had a child. That child wanted to be a Denver Bronco. I would not wear the gear. Okay. Is that what you're about to ask Yes, me? that's what I was going to ask I would fucking you. never wear the gear. I said the same thing. I said no. I, I would maybe wear their that my child's jersey. I'd wear his I'm college gonna, jersey. I'm going to have a fucking chief shirt underneath that jersey. I'd wear his college jersey. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I would not wear a... I will never put on my body a Raiders or a Broncos uniform now what what if that's the wager for the fantasy football the loser has to do that and you lose the thing is trey i'll never take last in fantasy <laughs> so not as long as strato's in our league. not as long as strato is in our league as long as we have our dread-headed friend in our league he will always be at the bottom of the list thank you <laughs> thank you strato thank you strato we appreciate you brother um so a lot of strato shout outs tonight yeah um so, yeah, no fucking way would I do that. 
Um, some waiver wire pickups you want to look at for in fantasy. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you can stash him. You know, he may end up bussing out some good rushing yards and, and throwing 202 touchdowns with a pick. Uh, but if he picks up those rushing yards, those those are going to generate some good fantasy points, some, some valuable fantasy points. Peyton Barber, with Antonio Gibson having the turf toe issue, is going to be one to look at. J.D. McKissick, obviously, is going to be the number one guy there. He's going to catch a lot of passes, but Peyton Barber, look for him to get those hard yards. Uh, T.Y. Hilton having a little bit of a resurgence. If you can find him on your waivers, pick him up. I know Trey did in our league this week. Yes, son of a sir. Bat, son of a bitch. Um, and then I've mentioned this before. And Logan Thomas. Logan, picked him up too. Logan Thomas. Pick him up off the waiver. I've been preaching this for the last few weeks, but I have <laughs> Rob Gronkowski and Noah Fant, so yeah. I haven't felt the need to grab him. But I fucking should have. Ah, <laughs> oh, Noah, Noah Fant screwed me. Yeah. He had a solid, solid catch the rest of the week. Or the rest of the game was shit. I got J.D. McKissick. If you haven't picked this guy up, which he just got picked up in our league. Woomer, Woomer right? just picked him up. Yeah. That fucking that phony trade. <laughs> yeah. Making motherfuckers. <laughs> Shout out to Woomer. Uh, second one here, Jordan Reed. Um, a lot of leagues don't have him. He's, he's ranked the 28th uh, tight end in the league right now for fantasy. Wow. Um, and then I got Logan Thomas. I'm heavy on the tight ends this week just because the tight end play this year has been atrocious. It's been tough to uh, it's tough to watch. consistent guy. Yeah. Women's basketball. That kind of level of football. <laughs> um, so those are two guys that have potential to, or Logan Do- Thomas has proven. Last two weeks he's played great football. Jordan Reed had nine points last week for me. So, I, I mean, those guys are good pickups. Yeah, Logan Thomas, he just put up 98 yards and a touchdown against the Steelers. He's got a good amount of receptions as well. And, um, you know, he's very much balling out. And Alex Smith, as you guys know, uh, Chiefs fans out there know this, uh, you know, he loves to check down to the tight end. So make sure you're paying attention to those waiver wires, put in those picks, and uh, take advantage because you can turn your season around. There was a year, 2017, I went fucking 1-5 and five to start the year. I lost Aaron Rodgers. I lost Odell Beckham. I lost Allen Robinson. I lost Greg Olson. Fucking check it out. Those injuries happened. <laughs> I was able to turn it around and win the fucking Super Bowl in this league. Because of an Alvin Kamara pickup in 2017, his rookie year, 800 yards rushing, 800 yards receiving, double-digit touchdowns. And I drafted uh, Kareem Hunt uh, with the foresight that he would overtake the job from Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware got injured that year. But, yes, I'm fucking Nostradamus uh, when it comes to that. So, uh, you know, use that waiver wire. It can fucking save your season. It can, man. Now... Uh, you know, we're about to wrap up the show uh, uh, here, but I do want to just let you guys know one thing. We do a weekly pick them. We, we uh, pick straight up winners. We pick the spreads, and we're going to pick overs and unders. I will, you know, we will share that on our The Fastest 40. It's at The Fastest 40 Instagram and at The Fastest underscore 40 on Twitter. We're going to share that information with you guys so that, uh, you know, whenever you're ready to pay, place your legal bets on Sunday, you get an idea what the uh, what the show is going to be looking at. Now, um, you know, go ahead and give us a follow on those platforms and uh, be ready to engage with us. Uh, you know, we we are starting the show really so that we can uh, get involved with our friends and family, but also as the show grows, 
And as we continue to build this project that, you know, Trey is kind of, it was his brainchild, so to speak. He came to me about it and then, you know, things kind of blossomed the way that they have thus far where we have a fucking basement studio <laughs> and a fucking podcast. It's crazy. Absolutely, so, yeah, man. Uh, you great. know, we're doing this not just for ourselves. Obviously, we're a little sh- selfish in that regard. We want to fucking talk sports. We want to have a platform to do that. But at the same time, we want you guys to be involved. Absolutely, man. So I want to double tap on what Dan said. Um, absolutely, we need you to get involved on social media. Um, if you like the show, please follow and share whatever you see. Comment, put what you like, put what you don't. Um, if you don't like the show, I don't give a shit. Like it, share it. Um, yeah, we're still going to do our thing. Yeah, so we don't care. If you're uh, a hater, then... But if you got some uh, constructive criticism, then bring it on. You know, yeah, Dan and I are wide open to whatever you got, and and uh, we're not going to initially change the show for you. But right. we like whatever uh, feedback we can get. If you if you have our number, text us. If you're a fan of the show and you want to follow us on our social media platforms, Twitter at the fastest underscore forty, Instagram at the fastest forty. You can send us a DM, and you know we'll take it with a grain of salt if it's kind of shitty, or, or we'll really implement it and and uh, and you know go forward with with a good idea. So again, you know, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen. Now I want to give a quick shout out to my boy Max Powers and Juice for producing Absolutely, this dope ass yeah. intro. Now yeah. let's get hype. Let's we'll see you guys it. next week. Thanks, guys. See ya.